We heard St. Paul tell us today, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let them put a yoke of slavery on you again. Amen. My dear Christian friends, to teach a lesson to a religious expert, Jesus tells a story. He tells a story about a man traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho when he falls into the hands of robbers. He says, they stripped him, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Beaten, bruised, and bloodied, this half-dead man lies like a mess in the ditch by the side of the road, just waiting for someone to come by to help. Thankfully, a priest walks by. Here is a man of God. Surely he'll stop to help. Nope. He sees the beaten and bruised man lying in the ditch, and he passes by on the other side. Well, thankfully, a Levite walks by, and hopefully a man who is spending all day working in the temple is going to stop to help. Nope. He sees this bloody man by the side of the road and he passes by on the other side. Well, we can hear the excuses running through the heads of the priests and the Levite because they're our excuses. Excuses like, well, he probably did something to get himself in this trouble. Well, if I stop, then I'm going to put myself in danger. He needs more help than I can provide. We can always provide excuses for not helping out as a neighbor. The priest and the Levite were people that the expert in the law would consider his friends, his neighbors, his buddies. But they weren't very friendly and they weren't very neighborly. And so Jesus adds some intrigue by adding a hero to the story, a good Samaritan, someone a good, pious Jew like this expert would never consider to be a friend or a neighbor. Jesus continues, A Samaritan, as he traveled, came to where the man was. When he saw him, he felt sorry for the man. He went to him and banished his wounds, pouring oil and wine on them. He put him on his own animal, took him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day when he left, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper and said, Take care of him. Whatever extra you spend, I will repay you when I return. Which of these three do you think acted like a neighbor to the man who fell among robbers? The one who showed mercy to him, he replied. Then Jesus told him, Go and do likewise. The behavior of the Samaritan could not have been any different than that of the Jewish religious men. The Samaritan surely had farther to travel. The Samaritan had no reason to help. And Jesus just adds on to all of the things the Samaritan did for the man when he stopped to help, just showing how his behavior was so different from these Jewish men. Unlike the religious expert, the Samaritan was not looking for excuses to not be a neighbor. Instead, he was going out of his way to serve as a neighbor. Friends, I'm sure over the centuries there have been plenty of sermons where the pastor preaches, well, don't be like the priest or the Levite. Be like the Samaritan instead. Now, there is a time and place for pastors in the pulpit and teachers in the classroom to teach about Helping the hurting, mending the marred, and curing the casualties. But there's so much more to this story than don't do this, but do this instead. 
the religious expert was asking a question that prompted Jesus' story. And that question was this. Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Did you hear the crux of that question? What must I do? This guy is all about doing, about activities and good deeds. He, it's all about what he can do to achieve. He sees himself as a good person, a pious person, a godly person. He sees himself as the one who is in control. He doesn't need anything. He doesn't need any mercy or grace from God. This guy is an expert in the law. He knows the scriptures very well. And he also knows that the Samaritans are half-breeds and heretics. So when the priest and the Levite leave the man lying in the ditch, the expert doesn't want to be like any one of those two. But he also knows he doesn't want to be like this Samaritan in the story. The expert would rather be a hypocritical priest than a heretical Samaritan. The, man, the expert, because he is a good, pious descendant of, of Abraham, he, there's no way he could imagine himself being a half-breed Samaritan. The expert does not want to see himself as the priest or the Levite, but there's no way that he can see himself as the Samaritan. But Jesus wants to connect this expert with someone in the story. So who's left? Well, the only other character that's left is the man who's lying in the ditch. Jesus wants to, this expert to realize that he doesn't have everything in control. He does have a need. He doesn't have everything all together. Yes, he should be concerned about eternal life. But he shouldn't be concerned about what he must do to inherit eternal life. He should be concerned about what has been done for him so that he might receive eternal life. Jesus wants this expert to realize that he is the beaten, bruised, and bloodied man lying in the ditch by the side of the road. He is in need of mercy. He is in need of care. He is in need of a good Samaritan. A good question to ask anytime you or I are reading a story or verses in the scriptures is to ask, why did the Holy Spirit put this section in the scriptures for us why did Luke include this because Luke wasn't there to hear the story he had to do research and there's lots of stories and lots of events in Jesus life that aren't included in the gospels so why did the Holy Spirit have Luke include this particular story well you and I how often aren't we like this expert in the law that we can be like the expert in the way that we're looking around at others. We're looking down on others. We consider ourselves to be good, pious people. The ones who are in control. The ones who don't need any help. But that's not reality. That's far from it. That's why we need this parable. You see, you and I. We are the people in the ditch. We have been beaten up by our sin, bruised by our culture, bloodied by the devil. We have been left for dead by the side of the road. For scripture says, the soul who sins is the one who will die. 
and you and I know it very well from experience, that there are plenty of people in our world that are going to rob us of our wealth and our health. We know that there are those in the spiritual realm that want to rob us of our innocence. But the worst part is the wounds that are self-inflicted because of our sins, making the situation even worse. We are the beaten, the bruised, and the bloodied. We've been beaten by the robbers who steal our joy and our celebrations. We've been bruised by our failures to love God above all things. We've been bruised by our failures to love our neighbors as ourselves. We've been left half dead by a culture that is all about righteousness, but not Christ's righteousness, but rather a woke work righteousness. Face it. No one in our world cares. No one is coming to save you. Now, we need to give them a little break. No one's coming because everyone else is in the ditch with you. They're in the same situation as you, beaten, bruised, and bloodied, lying by the side of the road, lying in the ditch with nothing to do except despair and die until a good Samaritan comes along. And not just a good one, but a great one. And not a nameless one. You know him very well. His name is Jesus. Jesus doesn't come for the healthy. He comes for you who are sick. He doesn't come for the weak, or come for the strong. He comes for you who are weak. He doesn't come for you because you are so great and godly and pious, boasting of your achievements that you're doing enough to earn eternal life. Jesus comes for you when you've admitted that you've lost control of your life, that you are lonely, afraid, smelly, down and destitute. He comes for you when you finally admit that you are dead in your sin and unbelief. Then scripture says that he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. The good Samaritan in the parable could not leave the injured man lying by the side of the road. He picked the man up, put him on his donkey. He took him to an inn, took care of his wounds by pouring oil and wine on them, then bandaging them up, and then giving two months' worth of pay to the innkeeper for any kind of additional expenses. Jesus, our good Samaritan, could not leave us at the mercy of the robbers. Instead, he showed mercy to us. With his incarnation of God taking on human flesh, he got down into that ditch with us. He couldn't leave us lying there, dying of our sins. Instead, by him being lifted up on the cross, he lifted us up out of that ditch. He cares for our wounds by being wounded on the cross for us. He saw us beaten, bruised, and bloodied, and so he became beaten, bruised, and bloodied for us. But then he continues to do so much more. He continues to provide for the necessary medical, spiritual attention that we continue to need. He pours the oil and wine of baptismal waters on us at the font. And then every time that you hear the words of forgiveness and see the sign of the cross, he feeds you with his sacramental meal of his Lord's Supper that he 
picks you up with his word and he brings you to the inn of the Christian church and puts you into the care of his innkeepers, of his pastors. And then our good Samaritan continues to take care of all of your expenses. Not with gold or silver, but with his holy, precious blood and with his innocent suffering and death. The main point of this parable of the good Samaritan is that the expert is in the ditch. And you and I are in the ditch with him. And then our good Samaritan, Jesus, comes along to rescue him and every one of us one by one. And after realizing this, then certainly we can apply this parable to after Jesus being our good Samaritan, now we are called to be good Samaritans. We show love because he first showed love to us. We demonstrate mercy because he demonstrated mercy to us. You can be a neighbor because the Son of God left his home in heaven to come down to earth to be your neighbor. You can help out those who are different from you because Jesus has freed you from your prejudices, your hesitancy, and your excuses. And just this past week in the news, we've heard examples of people being good Samaritans, of the 22-year-old man that shot and killed the guy who was an active shooter in a mall in, in Indiana, and the pizza delivery man that saw a house on fire ran in and saved five children from that inferno. Neither one of them really thinking about what they were doing, but the Holy Spirit walking and living in them moved them to sanctified actions. And the same is true for you, that when you see others hurting and in need, don't mess around wondering if you like them or they like you or if they look like you. That's silly stuff. If you see them in need, get down in the ditch to pull them out. Not because you're doing it to earn eternal life, but you're doing it because you have already inherited eternal life from your good Samaritan. You are the beaten, bruised, and bloodied, half-dead messes in the ditch. And then Jesus came along as your good Samaritan. He washes you up, bandages you, feeds you, pays for your additional expenses. And now, when you see others in the ditch who are just as beaten, bruised, and bloodied as you once were, then bring them into the inn of your church. Together, we can wash their wounds with baptismal waters. We can feed them with God's sacramental meal. We can continue to care for them with God's word. We heal their wounds with God's forgiveness, and we assure them of God's continual care paid for with Christ's redemptive sacrifice on the cross and his glorious resurrection from the grave. And then you'll be a good Samaritan too. Amen.